It's episode two of the Always Loyal Podcast. Jordan Carruth, what's coming up? Hello, Darren Smith. More reaction to the signing of Joe Benny Corona. It was really fun chatting with the new member of San Diego Loyal last week on the podcast. We'll chat about the reaction today. Also, the changes coming in the league. New regular season schedule, new format. Of course, every year is a new format and a new playoff structure. Also, Darren had a great opportunity to sit down and co-host a radio show with Landon Donovan. What did he learn? We'll talk about it all on the Always Loyal Podcast. Darren, the last time you and I were hanging out here on the Always Loyal podcast, we were chatting about the announcement, Joe Benny Corona. Uh, since then, the actual announcement has happened, and it feels like a lot of people have noticed that Joe Corona is is at USL and playing here in his hometown. Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was great. I thought it was also great just realizing how big of an impact Joe Corona's made on this community and on this region. Because you and I did this podcast and recorded with Joe Benny. The interview comes out Wednesday, just as the official announcement's made. There's an official story in the Union Tribune, which we don't always see when it comes to coverage of San Diego Loyal. I like that our pal Nate Abarrea put out a video clip of Joe scoring a goal at Estadio Caliente when he's with Club Tijuana with Cholos. Went down to Tijuana over the weekend. You could see murals. You could still see how much of an impact Joe Corona had. I thought that the reaction from so many of the supporters on social media, Jordan, was just great as well. So we got a chance to soak that all in. And we sort of hit the ground running there with Joe Corona. We kind of knew about it. And I know it wasn't one of the best kept secrets around town. I feel like there was a significant group amongst the locals, Chavos, the loyal, that had a little inkling that this was going to happen and the club had never really kept it secret that he was on their radar, but I, I loved it. I just thought it was great. Cause it makes you think about what it means to have somebody in with this kind of resume and also what he's meant to the entire region. So I, I loved it. I thought it was great. I've heard, uh, I've heard the president of the club chat about this. He says that uh, Joe Benny Corona, this, this wasn't something that was brand new. It didn't just become an idea recently that Joe Corona would be a really good fit for San Diego loyal. Um, it seems like I've gotten the impression at least Darren, maybe you can correct me if you have a different impression. It feels like there's a list. Do you think there's a list? Do you think there's a list of players of who they really want? I don't know like what kind of timeline there is on a lot of these players, but do they have a list? Who do you think's next on that list? Who is next on that Who list? Who is next curious. on that list? I'm sure you and I both have a couple of names rolling around in our minds. But, you know, somebody did bring it up to me, and, and I, I think it's okay that you and I can have this conversation. Somebody said or wondered, well, what, what does this mean? You know, like, what, what does this mean? Is this mostly just a symbolic thing for Joe Corona? At this point, his career, 32 years old, and, and I read what Nate Miller had to say. They've certainly watched plenty of, of film on Joe Corona and still feels like, hey, he's got a ton to contribute here. You know, and, and we say this, of course, about Sal Zizo, for instance, who was the first ever signing in SD Loyal history. Sal was, by his own admission, on the verge of retirement, said, this is a project too good to be true. I want to be a part of this. 
I want to be involved in season number one with San Diego Loyal. So we knew where he was. Joe, I think, is certainly capable of delivering on the field, off the field as well. So you're right. I We've heard the president say this is a guy we've been tracking for a while, and the mm-hmm. timing was right for him. I'm sure he needed to hear certain things from the club. I'm sure the club needed to hear certain things from Joe Corona to make sure that this made sense for everybody involved. Because when you're going into season number four, you've been in the postseason a couple of years, and you got Nate Miller now for the first time as your head coach. You want to put Nate in a position to succeed because it's not just about selling tickets. It's not just about what can we do here that that you know could could be a bit charming on a local level. You're you're going out there trying to win this season and put Nate and the rest of the club in the best position for success. So you're right about that. And now I'm going to be thinking about who else is on that list for quite a while. <laughs> I mean, we, we can definitely guess who's on that list. It, it's almost become an expectation that someone uh, on that list, I guess, gets signed in the offseason. I feel like it's been every single offseason that there has been someone that, you know, they've been tracking, whether it's Alejandro Guido or whether most recently it's Joe Benny Corona. You know exactly the next name I want to throw out there. I, I won't know. do it. I, um, it's I know. I'm, I'm looking forward to watching going... him play a little later on this week up in Carson, California. Well said. The reaction, and we talked about it last week, you can't find a video or any kind of piece on Joe Corona that doesn't include family. Like, it's always part of the story, no matter what the uh, the outlet is that's interviewing him, whether it's that ESPN piece, that long video that they did about him crossing the border. The UT did a story with him way back in the day uh, when he made the decision to go play for Club Tijuana. The entire piece is about his family. And then most recently, that, that announcement video is San Diego Loyal, where you see him uh, and his wife, they come into the offices, they sign the contract, they talk about everything that's important to them and why they're even in this moment. And all those things that you just referenced, they needed to hear some things. Joe Corona needed to hear some things. And I think we're all just very uh, happy and very lucky that everything has fallen in the right spot. And here we are with Joe Corona and Alejandro Guido in the midfield for SD Loyal rolling into a new season. By the way, speaking of Alejandro Guido, I saw a picture that the club posted on social media saying, we're waiting for March 11th, like, and it was a picture of Guido. And he was rocking those short shorts that they sell at the shop Mm -hmm. in Mission Valley. I'm getting set to go on a vacation down to Mexico. I was like, got to go to the shop, got to get those shorts. Got to wear those down in Ixtapa in Mexico. But, you know, I, I don't, I just want to say this one more time, because I'm sure by now, you know, even if somebody Jordan listened to this podcast or heard the news about Joe, Joe Benny signing with the club last week is like, oh, okay. Yeah. Joe Corona, Sweetwater high school, San Diego state. Right. He played in Tijuana for a little while, but, but, you know, going over like the club's not signed a player like this. And, you know, I know Thomas among has played in champions league, UEFA champions league, pretty mm-hmm. big deal. Right maybe the most prestigious club tournament on planet earth. But when you look at, at, you know, the, the competitions that Joe Corona has participated in, and you just tell me what all these things have in common signs with club Tijuana when it's in second division helps get the club promoted scores in the final, right? Mm -hmm. Scores in the final goes to Tijuana. Tijuana wins a championship in 2012 beats Toluca in the final. Plays for the U.S. men's national team in a couple of gold cups. Wins in 2013-2017. You brought that up. Plays for Club America. Club America wins a championship in Mexico. Plays in Copa Libertadores. We remember that run. I mean, scored the goal of the year, by the way, when he was with Club America. Goal of the year. 
candidate for Joe and, and what, I mean, just tell, like, that's a lot of success, you know? So when you talk about it being a bit unprecedented, what Joe's accomplished in his career and what his own internal expectation must be when he's coming to San Diego loyal, it's about winning. It's about family to your point. It's a great point. It's about winning because this is a guy who essentially has won almost everywhere he's ever been going to the playoffs, getting a club promoted, helping a club grow, helping teams win championships and playing prestigious tournaments. That's pretty much what Joe's been all about. I don't know what the value is of a social media anymore. <laughs> I mean, especially as I start to personally say, I, I don't know, but yeah, 150,000 people follow Joe on Twitter. You, know, you can compare that to other athletes here on a local level. If you want playing different sports, that's a lot, you know, that's, that's just a lot of people who have gravitated towards Joe Corona. It's just, you know, it's, it's, it's somehow, the more I even thought about it, and we spoke to him last week and we've covered this guy, both you and I now for the better part for over a decade. And it's still, you know, it, it, I still wonder if we even did it justice last week, just how big of a signing this potentially is for the club. You mentioned, you don't know how many people were surprised by it. I think a lot of people were, were quickly guessing the correct answer when the, when the post came out, if you know, you know, I think a lot of people knew once they saw the, mm -hmm. the Sweetwater Union High School uh, image going out there. So I, I think that was, uh, I don't think the locals were surprised once the announcement came out. I don't think a lot of the people who follow this club closely were surprised at that point. And I think it was just a really, it was a time to celebrate now that at that point when it was official, because it, it was a big deal. And it was cool to see the UT as part of that, releasing all of that. Um, and SD Loyal, of course, having the video ready. And it was awesome that Joe Corona was able to join us here on the podcast as well. Tell us exactly what he thought from his side. So mm. super cool. First opportunity we'll get to see beyond the preseason, regular season, the home opener for San Diego, Detroit at San Diego, Detroit City, a playoff team from the Eastern Conference a year ago. San Diego, of course, a playoff team from a year ago as well. Uh, so it's two playoff teams, home opener, Torero Stadium. We get to see Joe Corona for the first time. That's going to be fun. Home opener is going to be a little bit of a theme on the podcast today. It's a theme because, well, it's the first time we'll get to see Loyal, of course, in the regular season. But also San Diego Loyal is going to be the visiting team for two other home openers, which I think is somewhat notable. Uh, so we'll talk about that as well. Yeah, interesting, you know, schedule-wise, just taking a quick peek at it. I was thinking about Nate Miller, too, if he's looking at this new schedule with somewhat of a new format at the USL Championship level going, man, there's some interesting spots, some interesting chunks of matches on this schedule, which we can dive into a little bit here on this podcast. But you're right, starts against Detroit on March 11th, home opener, Torero Stadium. Super excited about that. Of course, preseason will start February 4th. So we're just talking about what a little bit more than 10 days away or so somewhere in that range as you and I are chatting here and putting out episode two, season two of the always loyal podcast. So it's right around the corner from us and it is right around the corner, but that first one, that first impression of the year on March 11th against Detroit city an expansion club a year ago that ended up in the postseason, should be a ton of fun. If I'm not mistaken, I think your boy, Alexi Lawless is involved in ownership in Detroit city. All right. He's a season ticket holder. He's a Detroit guy. Okay. I think he's involved on some level. I don't know that he will or won't make it. He has a scarf. He considers that his home club. So okay. I don't, I don't know. know that I'm will. I have no I, idea. He's worked with Landon. So who knows? Maybe we'll see Alexi Lawless at Torero stadium on March 11th. Maybe. I don't know anything about that. Just you know, thought maybe if he's, if he's a supporter of the club, maybe we'd see him in action.
USL, the league, put out a graphic about the home openers in 2023, broke it down Eastern and Western Conference. I noticed this, obviously, because I just wanted to look at it because I was curious, but San Diego's listed several times. Obviously, every single team listed at least once because it, everyone has a home opener. But, Darren, they're also listed for Phoenix Rising as the visiting team for Phoenix's home opener. In It's not a brand-new stadium, but it's a brand-new location. So that's what's happening in that home opener. I don't know if there's extra excitement. It's the same stadium. They just moved it closer to the airport. Do I have that right? Closer to the city. Closer to Phoenix, I guess. No longer. We can't call them uh, Chandler. Chandler. No longer Chandler Rising. They hated that joke so much. <laughs> they they picked up the stadium and moved it away so we couldn't use it anymore. Thanks a lot, Chandler Rising. Uh, also, San Diego Loyal will be the visiting team for New Mexico United's home opener, which there's always extra excitement for those. I don't know whether it really means anything, but we've seen San Diego go on the road and winning some pretty important home openers before. So it would not be the first time. You know, it's an interesting note too about Phoenix because I noticed the same thing. You're done with Phoenix on April 1st. Given that this is a little bit more of a balanced schedule, right? It always felt like Phoenix was somehow lurking around the corner. And I think you and I would probably agree that if you were to identify one other Western Conference club or any club at the USL championship level as a rival for San Diego Loyal, we probably would agree it would have been Phoenix, even though they were terrible in 2022. I think worst team, maybe the worst team in the Western Conference, them or Orange County, I don't remember which, but second match of the year, fourth match of the year, and then that's it. I mean, you're done with Phoenix Rising on April 1st, four matches into the 2023 season. It's sort of, I had to do a double take when I was going over the schedule for 2023. I was like, this can't be right. Phoenix got to pop up somewhere at the end of the year. But Jordan, that's it. Once at home, once away, and once away to start, and then at home, week number four. But you know, two of the four first four are against Phoenix Rising. Then you don't see them again unless you cross paths with them in the postseason. I, I think that was a thing last year. I, it wasn't as early as April first being done with Phoenix, but I'm pretty sure we we wrapped up our series with Phoenix rather early. When those first couple of years, it it felt like Phoenix was the only team we were playing because. They kind of were. It was one of three other teams we would play every single right. week. Right, right. So I'm it, in Vegas. Yeah, Vegas is always <laughs> Vegas is like the default. Who's loyal playing yeah. this week? Probably Vegas. And Orange County, who went on to win a championship. And I'm just yeah. going to go ahead and credit San Diego Loyal for that because they uh, sharpened them so much yeah. by playing them so often early on in that season in that COVID year that uh, they became so so hardened that they went on to win a championship. You're welcome, Orange County. Yes, San Diego's taking credit for that. Um, that's a good point. Done with them April 1st. That That's interesting. I can't imagine. There's two There's two teams that really stood out to me, Indy 11 and Phoenix. I can't imagine we go another year where both of those teams miss the playoffs once again. Um, who knows? I I saw Indy 11. Obviously, they, they picked up Jack Blake. Aiden Quinn transferred over from Phoenix to Indy 11. So now that's that midfield. Um, that's pretty interesting, but overall in the Western conference, I, I think it's up for grabs. I think that's my big takeaway looking at it schedule wise. Yeah. But I think it's up for grabs. I think that's, I don't think there's a clear team that's going to just absolutely run away with it. I think maybe a couple of the teams that even finished above San Diego, come back down to earth a little bit this year. I don't know. I, I would imagine Phoenix finds a way to get themselves back into a postseason spot. Too. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to be good or bad. I just feel like they're going to be unrecognizable because it's not the same coach. They're not starting there. Santa Moore is off. Off. You mentioned a couple of the other names as well. So whether they're going to be good or bad, I guess that's that's what we'll learn once we get into the season. It just won't be recognizable from what we know 
Phoenix Rising to have been for the first three years of SD Loyal's existence. Mm -hmm. Finishing, one of the first things I do when I see that new schedule is I usually go, you look at the first part and Darren brings up the fact that we'll be done with Phoenix, but then I usually kind of just fast forward to the very end to see how you finish because there's always something on the line. Uh, when you come down to the final couple games of the season. So I'm always curious what teams you're actually going to be playing in those games. And October, the final month of the regular season, features three games for San Diego, October 4th, 7th, and 14th. So you you stack a Wednesday and a Saturday. You get the whole week off before you play Saturday again. Those teams that you play in the final three, El Paso, Oakland, Las Vegas. I have a feeling they'll be impactful. Usually what I would expect for that to be is important seeding purposes. And so that's something I usually do. I usually fast forward to the very end. And I'm just curious who we're playing when, when those kind of matches come up. Yeah. And, and, you know, good, good on bringing up Oakland too, because when the schedule first came out, that's the thing I said, I wanted to see given what happened in the postseason. Given that there was a little bit of chatter back and forth, I can remember the conversation about we want to see Oakland in the postseason. Ended up losing 3-0 at home, end of the season. So I immediately went to Oakland Roots thinking, okay, now maybe this is you know how we carry into 2023. Maybe this is, is the perceived rivalry, if in fact there is such a thing for San Diego Loyal. So May 27th, but that one's up in Oakland. And then to your point, the only time we're going to get a chance to see Oakland Roots is October 7th at Torero Stadium during the regular season. Got to wait a long time. Got to wait all the way up until the final couple of weeks of the regular season to see Oakland Roots and have the locals and Chavos and everybody else who was there who remembers what that was like walking out of Torero Stadium when the regular or the postseason ended and the 2022 season ended. Going to have to wait a long, long long summer to see Oakland back in San Diego, unfortunately, because man, I would have said right out of the gates, you give me one of those nice early on in the season. That's a good way to, you know, to get everybody jump started and ready to go. Mm -hmm. Th those teams that we, that San Diego played so often early on um, the orange counties, the Phoenixes, the Las Vegas is it. You see Vegas very late in the season. So one of those teams is kind of saved for, for later Phoenix. You're done with almost immediately yeah. orange County. That other team, if you're looking at those matches, you, you head to orange County May 6th. And then the return visit to Torero stadium is in August. You get a couple of mid matches there with, with orange County middle of the season matches with orange County. So. That's couple that, of also long months. stretches too, where we're loyal. And by long, I don't just mean, wow, like, Hey, I have season tickets and I'd like to go watch San Diego loyal play at home, but boy, you got a couple of stretches here where the schedule makers really, really put it too loyal. Uh, for example, hmm. go to June 24th at Pittsburgh next match, July 1st at Indy 11, go to the next match, July 8th at Hartford. So, you know, back to back to back matches at Pittsburgh at Indy 11, at Hartford, and then to wrap up this stretch at Colorado Springs to go face switchbacks on July 14th. That's a man, like a tough stretch for this. Isn't the NFL? You're not flying some charter all across the country. You got to fly commercial San Diego to Pittsburgh. Do you can are you they get just there? staying out there? Can you? I mean, is that even economically? You know, I don't know. Second division soccer. At Pittsburgh, yeah. at Indy 11, at Hartford, at Colorado Springs, back-to-back-to-back-to-back to back to back to back weeks. And then into September, there's an 11-day stretch at Charleston, at Lou City, at Monterey. Should so, I admit this? Can I? Should I admit something stupid on the podcast? 
Listen, I born and raised in San Diego, so forgive this question. Where is Hartford? Hartford is Connecticut. It's uh, it's almost by Massachusetts. It's uh, do you know where ESPN is on the map? Yeah, that's well. I mean, Bristol. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's the, the Hartford. I is... couldn't. I honestly could have put Bristol on a map, but I could have told you that's Connecticut. So okay, yeah. Hartford's Connecticut. Hartford is uh, it's the capital of Connecticut. The uh, TIC. There's a radio station there called TIC WTIC because it is the Dang insurance it. capital. Jordan, it's, it's Hartford, cap- Connecticut. It's the capital of God, oh, man. That's where all the insurance companies are. It makes Travelers. my question. It makes my question even worse. It's the capital. Oh. <laughs> it's okay connecticut's hey. a very forgettable state i lived there for several years there's it's fine not to know anything like about I connecticut said, whatsoever Ford and that's a brutal stretch go. dude i mean at pittsburgh at indy at hartford at colorado springs ready to go nate <laughs> i mean who's the traveling secretary for loyal how does that even work i, I mean that's a that's a lot imagine if we were imagine if that was our responsibility they're like guys you're going to do the podcast this year and we saw our schedule and we don't want to deal with that you handle that it would be a mess because i would be i would volunteer them to stay out on the east coast for like a month like, yep. <laughs> go live in hartford i guess i don't know wherever that is go live so you just drive from pittsburgh to indianapolis yeah. kill a couple of days in the process there hey right but i mean think about some of these away trips and this is just, you know, the peril of living in a corner of the country that sometimes, you know, Seattle has gone through this, right? We've all seen these maps about Seattle teams and San Diego teams. They have to do more traveling than everybody else to Miami, to Pittsburgh, to Hartford, to Indianapolis, Charleston, Louisville. These are San Antonio. I mean, these are these are not easy destinations to get to no. for San Diego Loyal. I get it. It's, you know, it's spread out over 34 matches over several months and they're pro athletes, but you know, still like, like I said, man, they're not flying some charter planes here. This, this is not the NFL. These are, these are commercial flights and hotels accompanied by bus rides. I'm sure. So, you know, that's, I'm sure Nate looked at it as like, damn, my first year, I got, I got some, some things I got to plan for somewhere down the road. All, All of a sudden we miss only having to go to Orange County, Vegas, <laughs> Phoenix. Where's LA Galaxy too? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, this this conversation is all part of a larger change at USL's level. It's a new regular season format. It's a new postseason format. It's another change. We referenced it last week on the pod, but here's an opportunity to kind of dive into it a little bit. What's going to happen differently this year is the playoff bracket will not change. There's not going to be any moving based on any upsets. Nothing's going to get shuffled around home and away for everyone in the Western conference. If you're a Western conference team, Eastern conference teams play everyone home and away, and then you're going to play everyone in the other conference once, but you're gonna have to split those up six on the road, six at home. I don't know how you kind of manage which six you get at home, which six you get on the road. Is there a team that's getting all the worst teams at home and all the better teams on the road. I don't know. I haven't looked at the schedule that deeply across the league, but I know that Detroit city's coming our way and they were a playoff team. Um, and that's, that's just kind of the new format. And it's, uh, it's the fourth year in for San Diego and it's the fourth different format that we've participated in. Right. Yeah. And, and I, we all remember last year too, didn't Charleston have to come into San Diego on a really, really short turnaround from a U.S. open cup match. We haven't even talked about, open cup draws, things along those lines. And the draw hasn't happened yet. You haven't missed anything, but just how that's going to factor in and how the priorities are going to be, what that's going to look like. But yeah, I, I think the formula Jordan was essentially what's the furthest distance that loyal can travel during 2023 in the Eastern conference. Good book those cities and let loyal go ahead and travel there. 
So the balance, I guess, after you get punished on the road is something that usually happens when you're at Torero stadium. The fact that you're going to have a lot of home games in the middle of the summer, because I mean, that's when the stadium's available. So you get to see that that's just something we've seen happen year after year. No different this year. San Diego will play at home July 29th, the final game of July. They'll also play at home to start the month of August, August 5th, August 9th, August 12th, and August 19th. That is a stretch of five consecutive games at home. So that's the other side. You do go on these long road trips and it really is tough. Like you said, that's, you see point spreads change at the highest level with that kind of schedule based on having to make those kind of trips at this level. It's a completely different ask and they're doing it in three consecutive weeks. It's it's basically an entire month of, of putting up with stuff like that. I guess you're just going to have to get used to it, right? Like if you're just going to start it, get through it, and then you march on and then you kind of enjoy the payoff on the backside when you get five straight at home. And hopefully those five straight collects uh, a good chunk of points because who knows what happens on the the previous three weeks when you are on going on all those road trips. Those are entire days. You know, as somebody who's got family on the East coast, that's the one thing about going West to East. There's a reason to your point, right? That, that so often it is a gambler's strategy to bet against West coast teams that have to play on the East because your body doesn't acclimate as quickly. This is a sports science thing, not just a strictly gambler thing. But going back to back to back, those are entire days where you're not training. Those are, you know, six, seven hour, maybe 10 hour. And we just saw what happened with some of the travel around the country not too long ago over the holidays. But when you're going to Pittsburgh, to Indy, to Hartford, those are those are entire days that you're going to be losing traveling from west to east. So, like I said, I have you I'm looked sure at that- September. Uh, we talking about the stretch Charleston, Lou city, Monterey. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, those are just, those are, those are days. Hey, that... Charleston is in South Carolina in case anyone was wondering. I knew <laughs> this, that. This I had is that great one. geography. We should just do like geography pop quizzes. Where is Miami football? Well, you USL does present some cities that you're not always used to seeing when you Colorado Springs. Sports. Right. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, They're not, they're not all, you know, San Antonio's of the world. Forgive me. I'm not used to watching Hartford games. No, I, had I not lived there for several years working for the worldwide leader, I probably would say Connecticut is this weird state between New York and Massachusetts. I will not be, I will not be on that away trip. Is there an away trip, Jordan, (laughs) that you would like to circle? Yeah. I still owe the state of Connecticut money, so I'm not ever allowed to go back there. Another story, different podcast. Is there an away trip that you'd oh, like to go? I've been to yeah. Vegas, Orange Monterey, County. Monterey. We didn't nice. do it last year, and that was definitely. We've been to Sacramento, so I feel like we've done that. Monterey, it's a good time of the year to go, too. That's Monterey, very good. Very yeah. good. Like that. I'd still like to go check out San Antonio. San Antonio, the uh, the defending USL championship cup holders. I wouldn't mind heading on out there. El Paso, New Mexico, Lou City. Those look Not like bad. fun places when you go and you see them. When's the hot air balloon festival? Does that line up? Wasn't there one year where that actually lined up when San Diego went out there? I like it. Is, uh, are, are supporters planning any away trips? Are there away days beyond Orange County, which was a ton of fun last year, beyond heading out to Vegas, which any opportunity to head on out to Vegas to go see a foam party and a Dalai Lama, Dalai the Lama. It was a Dalai. I don't remember the name. Are there what any games it? that I... line up with the uh, with the Padres schedule? We've seen that actually line up before because loyal Oakland. go Lo- Oakland. 
Uh, well, no, I remember that last year when, oh, okay. when supporters went up and caught the Padres in Oakland. And loyal and play in Miami loyal. in May. Do the do the Padres happen to play the Marlins in May, May twentieth by chance? I don't know. Oakland is when we we visit Oakland the following week. I don't know if any of those line up. Those could be fun doubles. We've seen we've seen supporters do that before. That's pretty cool. How, what is the weather like in Miami in May? That's got to be pretty decent, right? San Antonio's early June. Bad. Yeah, that's that's Pittsburgh. before it gets blazing hot and humid. Listen, and Pittsburgh. I'm not doing I'm not doing Pittsburgh in late June. It's not happening. I'm sorry. No. No, Indy. I wrote New I'm Mexico, San Indy Antonio, and Moose City. Those are my my three potential destinations this year. I'm not doing Indy. How about this? I can answer this. The games I'm not going to go to for the road trip. <laughs> I, I think Hart, it's pretty it's, it's pretty clear Hartford's on that list. Not going to do Hartford. Colorado Springs, maybe. Maybe. That's actually... Can we get them back to back, too? I could do Colorado Springs. That's not a bad one. And you don't have to worry about traveling in August. You're just at home month of August. So Don't mind that at all. Do Listen, not mind that. You have a lot of good options. Hartford's not one of them. I apologize if I'm supposed to promote that match. I'm not going to. No, I I can confirm Hartford is not one of them. I don't just okay. say that from from a position of of ignorance. I say that from a position I've been there. It's okay not to go to that that trip. You were in a position talking with Landon Donovan for hours. How in the world did you get Landon Donovan to co-host your radio show? Listen. That is awesome because for listeners, that's great. They get to listen. But for someone who does a solo radio show, someone like Landon Donovan tells you they want to co-host for a day. That is fantastic news. That is that I, I bet you Darren was popping champagne when he found that out. Oh, it's what, great. How was it? How was it's, it? Well, what, he's so, he's so he interesting. He's a sports fan. So you can toss anything at him, you know? I'm sure somebody tuned into a radio show, which, you know, occasionally it's about soccer and goes and says, well, Oh, is this going to be three hours of soccer talk? And and the answer actually is no, because Landon likes talking about some NFL. He understands he had a great, great, uh, you know, just a, a great point uh, and and opinion about Tom Brady, about great athletes when they know. When do you know if you're an all-time great athlete? When do you know that you just aren't the same dude? He told this great story about how, he speed was his game. And once he couldn't get past some of the defenders, mm. he said, uh, I used to be able to get past these people. I can no longer get past these people. And that's how I knew. And we were talking, it was right after Tom Brady got bounced out of the postseason. He also did spend, uh, I will say, and and he said this sort of stuff on the record. Um, you know, he, he did talk about MLS. We did ask about his transition. You know, we said, yeah. well, tell us a little bit about this transition now, executive vice president, soccer operations. And, you know, said, hey, listen, the club's essentially not had a, a sporting director, general manager for its first three years of existence. It's been a collaborative effort. He said, so I want to spend a little time focusing on that. He did say something that a lot of people sort of tossed out there casually. He's like, you know, because because what was the line people would say? Well, Nate Miller basically coaches this team anyway. And, you know, I always thought that that was, you know, maybe uh, just a, a, a little, maybe a little too convenient, maybe a little too simple. You know, it's not like Landon just showed up in a scarf and was like, hey, I'm here to coach the team, everybody. But, you know, he did actually say Nate has been responsible. Nate Miller has been responsible for almost all of our tactical decisions and, and training since we got this baby off the ground. And, and, you know, I thought that was really interesting for Landon. I pushed back a little bit and said, it's not like he did nothing. And, you know, he said, no, 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 no. Like I had a very specific role, but he said, you're not going to miss anything along the lines of, 
of you know how this club will be structured tact tactically because Nate Miller has been responsible for for almost all of that since the beginning. Uh, and talked a lot about MLS and said that he really feels like his focus at this point should be on helping the club grow from a USL level to an MLS level. And I thought that was just an interesting thing for Landon. We had presumed that sort of stuff was happening, certainly behind scenes. Joe is here. Maybe it's a little bit taboo for a club at this level to to even talk about that sort of stuff. But Landon said one of his goals is, is to try to help the club grow and see if there's an opportunity to, to you know, perhaps take it uh, into the next level, if that's the next chapter of, of existence for San Diego Loyal. So, you know, he just felt like he could be of better service to the club, to the community, to the soccer community by stepping away from the technical area and spending more time talking, dealing with players and dealing with some of the business side. Hmm. Interesting that he's not shying away from the conversation of MLS because clearly San Diego is being linked to Major League Soccer. Yes, right. And it's a critical time for that, you know, to help build relationships. Right. And, you know, maybe Landon looked at the schedule and was like, yo, I can't be in Hartford and Pittsburgh. No, I'm kidding about that. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, he he did say, <laughs> no, he, he did say like he just, he felt like it was a critical, critical time in the club's existence. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know that I've heard anybody, you know, publicly say that. Like, I, like I, I was somewhat, and still am somewhat, under the impression that that some of these kind of conversations are a bit taboo. That the league maybe doesn't really want you to 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 necessarily have them out there on a public forum. But uh, I appreciated that Landon said this is this is what I think the club needs of me right now to focus on on helping replace Kyle Vassell in his 14 goals. And keep this club from a, a squad level where it was highest scoring team in the Western Conference, but also you know there's other stuff happening here, and it's really really important. And I feel like like I should be devoting a significant amount of my time to that. And we're in really really good hands with Nate Miller. Well, that's a really cool opportunity. I, I guess one thing I'm really curious about, and it really doesn't matter. It doesn't have an impact. I'm just curious because I think it just helps paint the picture of the process of Landon Donovan transitioning from head coach to to the role that he is in now is when exactly he knew he wasn't going to be the head coach anymore. Like, did he go in? Was he coaching the final game of the season last year, knowing that was going to be his final game as the head coach? At, at what point, like, did did he actually know? When did that switch um flip so yeah no it's a good question i i you know in hindsight i wish i had had asked it <laughs> instead okay. of talking about greg berhalter for 15 minutes hey well you guys made some news with that so yeah it was kind of weird always appreciate people listening <laughs> um yeah and he should be i it it sounds like he's very excited for the obviously joe corona mm-hmm. um corona said Major League Soccer was, I mean, it came up at least in the conversation. I don't know how it couldn't be. If you're coming in, you, you got to be asking questions. If you're coming in to be signing with the club of San Diego and the city's already being linked with Major League Soccer, how could you not ask about that? Like if I, I mean, I don't know. Especially when it's who you are and what you've been involved with in your career. I realize it was 10, 11 years ago, but you know, I think it's such a huge part of Joe Corona's story that he was an open tryout player for Cholos, joins the team, helps the team get promoted, helps the team win a championship at the first level, at the top level of Mexican soccer. I mean, you know, that's somebody who I think not just younger players, fellow players can learn from, but like the whole operation can learn from Joe Corona. 
Yeah. I'm really excited to see him play. And it's coming up quick against Detroit City home open. Mm. Very, very good stuff. Very good stuff. Uh, Darren, next week on the podcast, uh, it'll be exciting to promote this. We're going to have Nate Miller, the head coach of San Diego Loyal, will join the Always Loyal podcast. Uh, very excited for that conversation. Obviously, we'll talk about the new year, his new role, uh, the impact, what changes for him, what doesn't change for him. I have a feeling we'll ask him about the wardrobe, if there'll be any changes there, the expectations there. Hey, we had Jake Edwards. We had the commissioner of the league on uh, last year, and he said that there's like a wardrobe committee that will actually throw out fines if people aren't, if they're not looking. I don't know how he described it. I, he really didn't describe who was on this committee or what the standards were, but um, I don't think we have anything to worry about with Nate Miller. The question no. only is how high will he set that bar? Interesting, because I did ask Landon about that. I said, does Nate need to pick it up a little bit? Oh, did you? Okay. Well, he says, you have no idea how good of a dresser Nate Miller actually is. So don't be confused by him wearing some you know, training outfits there on the bench. Very snazzy. Very snazzy. Very stylish. Very Fashionista. Good. Okay. If anyone uh, wants us to ask anything, let us know. But we will chat with Nate Miller next week on the podcast. So good stuff there. Uh, Darren? Good chatting with you. The announcement of Joe Corona was very exciting. It was really fun just to be a very small part of that, being able to chat with him. Seeing that video was just so cool. If you've missed that, go to San Diego Loyal's social media pages or their website. I'm sure you can track it down there as well. Really fun introductory video to Joe Corona. Um, and just kind of talking about all the new changes for the upcoming season, new looking schedule, new format in the postseason, new players, um, some, some players who are gone. And of course your conversation with Landon Donovan. So good stuff. We'll, uh, we'll chat it up with Nate Miller next week. Yeah. Also stay tuned. Got a couple of ideas that might be new for 2023, including an opportunity to interact with the podcast via email and voicemail. Hmm. Voicemail. Stay tuned. Who's going to run that? Hi, how are you? I think a priority for us is always to build around our midfield. And when we knew Joe could be available early in the offseason, it was definitely a priority for us. Obviously, he's from San Diego. He's a San Diegan. He grew up here playing many games for Cholos. He's got tons of quality. At the, at the end of the day, for us, the, the football comes first. It's a huge thing that he is a, a hometown man, but at the same time, he fits exactly how we want to play um, and just who he is as a person as well. I know he'll make our locker room better, our team better, our club better. So for us, it was the perfect fit. He'll be able to bring experience and leadership that nobody else can in our team. And we have grown a lot collectively with a group of 11 or 12 guys who have been here since day one. Um, and they've had a lot of experiences together, but Joe can talk about things and help calm the team down in a way that nobody else could. So we're excited to have him. Um, he's going to be a massive part of this club. He just checks all the boxes. In San Diego, being my hometown, is a city I want to represent. And uh, I think everything just is, like Nate told me, I think it's the right time, right people. I, I think it's an honor for me to, to be able to represent a city that I, I love so much. I've seen through through social media, I've followed the club since, since it started, and I've seen how much the people of San Diego have supported the team, and how much their fan base has grown. I'm really looking forward to that first game, playing in front of the people that I, that I love, my family, my friends, and of course, all the people of San Diego.